Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hello, and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, it's Glasgow Gold as we head to the Commonwealth Games to catch up with New Zealand's victorious athletes. We talk to the record-breaking track cyclists about their historic medal haul. We speak to road cyclist Linda Willemson about breaking the gold medal drought she thought might never end. We stay on the bike but head to the hills to discuss strategy with gold medalist mountain biker Anton Cooper. We talk to gold medalist lawn bowler Joe Edwards about silencing the critics. We speak to the incomparable Valerie Adams as her shot-put domination continues Unabated. We talk to Commonwealth champions Lauren Boyle and Sophie Pascoe, who saved the blushes of the New Zealand swimming team in the Glasgow pool. We chew the fat with weightlifter Richie Patterson, who left his gold medal winning run rather late. And lest we forget, we catch up with the Crusaders coach Todd Blackadder as his team chase a record eighth Super Rugby title. The track cycling team has come away from Glasgow as the most successful sport in the New Zealand team, riding their way to 11 medals, eclipsing the nine won in Delhi four years ago. Cycling is one of high-performance sport New Zealand's targeted sports, which means it receives strong government financial support. Over $6 million is being poured into the sport and its riders this year alone. The coach of the track programme is Dale Cheatley, and he spoke to Stephen Hewson in Glasgow about their Scotland success. Didn't really set any medal targets, I don't normally do that. I just uh, I just like our riders to go out and execute what we know they can deliver and if it's good enough to win the medal uh, or stand on that top step, then that's what happens. What was particularly pleasing about this event? For me, uh, one of the highlights was the, the team sprint boys. You know, they're world champions, coming here with a lot of pressure and uh, to still be able to deliver, uh, that, was, that was a real credit to them. Um, the other highlight for me would be the, uh, the two men's endurance punch races. Um, you can only win those races if you've got good teamwork. And uh, those guys, they, they thoroughly deserve those wins. There seems to be a real team ethos in this group. How do you achieve that? Yeah, well, that's been the, uh, it's been the challenge over the last two years since London. Is, uh, you know, we've got new riders coming in, we've got new squads forming, we've got new uh, performance expectations. And uh, managing the, the four squads and getting them to gel together in that, that, that uh, performance culture uh, has been uh, one, of the, one of the highlights that we've been able to achieve. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why we've got such a uh, successful uh, overall team. Is there anything in particular that you work on with that? Because it's got to be a particularly individual sport at times, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. And um, I think uh, one thing is, uh, is making them realise that you know, we're all here for the, same, for the same reasons. We're all on the same bus. Um, and we're all heading, heading that towards Rio. So, you know, we're only going to get there if we work as a team. The, uh, the pursuit is disappointing. They didn't make that, that gold medal right off. That must be, uh, I suppose, one regret. Yeah, that's one thing that, uh, you know, 
you know, while we've had some really good success, there are a lot of things that we need to work on. And uh, the team's pursuit, you know, they were better than the bronze medal. They uh, they they should have been in that gold medal write-off. And um, so I'll go back and we'll reassess that and see uh, see what went wrong there. Any thoughts on why it didn't click? Uh, just on the day, we just there was a, there was a couple of little technical errors in the in the last kilometre. You know, up until the three k mark, we were well in the hunt to be in that gold medal write-off, but we we slipped away in that last kilometre. So that's where we'll be looking to make those gains. And the individual sprinters, I mean, they've come on leaps and bounds too, haven't they? Oh, fantastic. You know, uh, Sam Webster, you know, world-class there, beating the Olympic champion in the final. Um, you know, Eddie Dawkins as well, Matt Archbold. Uh, every one of those riders is a, is a world-class sprinter. So how do they go forward from here, I suppose? Because you can't, you can't sit back, you've got Rio in two years' time, and it's a case of ever-evolving, isn't it? Well, that's right. You know, your, your performance targets are always evolving. You know, you know, we've reached a few of them now, so we'll go back and go, what do we need to do to reach a, reach another one? And, and what about for the, the squad now? Do they get some time off? What's the in the near future? Yeah, um, all the riders have a couple of weeks leave, and uh, then we uh, we get back, centralised back into Cambridge in uh, late August, and uh, we'll be uh, heading towards the international season, which is the start of our Olympic qualification period. What about the, the thoughts you're getting from, from back home? Because, I mean, it's become one of the big sports now, isn't it? I mean, you're the big budget sport, $6 million, and with that comes pressure because of the target. Well, that's right. You know, like, you know, we're invested in to, to get results. Um, it's no different the way we invest in riders. We, you need a return on investment, and um, that's what we're always looking to achieve. What have your general thoughts been on, on Glasgow and just how, and the games in general? Look, I think it's been a great, a great competition. I think you know what they've done in the velodrome, the way the atmosphere in there it was it was on par with, with the Olympics, and I think all credit to Glasgow, great great game. Dale Cheatley speaking to Stephen Hewson. The road cyclist Linda Willemson says she's elated to finally come first after winning gold in the time trial in Glasgow. Willemson has so often been the bridesmaid. She has five straight silver or bronze medals at the World Championships, a silver four years ago in Delhi and a fourth at the 2012 London Olympics. But on Thursday night she topped the podium, finishing with a time of 42 minutes and 25.46 seconds, six seconds clear of her closest rival. The 29-year-old spoke to reporter Tim Graham and other media in Glasgow and she says she's delighted to have finally won a major title. Gold is everything. I've, I've, um, I've tried being second and third and fourth so many times now and it's just it's something that I, I think personally really needed now at this stage in my career as well, that to win something and actually be on the top and not just looking at the top. How do you feel it went out there today? Just talk us through the race. Um, well, it's one of those days that just everything turned out as planned. I, I can't. The only thing that that really went wrong was I had a bit of an issue with my uh, sight out of the the visor thing, and I had to sort of take that off and throw it. Everything else today just went to plan. I had the, the the perfect the perfect race from start to finish. You left yourself a little bit of work to do. I think you were seven seconds down coming into the last section. Was that part of the plan? Uh, no, <laughs> it wasn't part. I knew that that Emma Pooley was going to be be quick on the on the uphill part of the race and I probably better on the down than the technical part. It's just a matter of how much she would gain on me before that. So did you know what the splits were and what you had to do? No, I never I never get any time splits or or any any information at all. Don't know how fast I go, I just go and then on feeling. But I one one guy did say you're second. So I heard that but I don't know how much I just second? <laughs> Faster. As you've said, you've spent so so many races, second, third place, done yeah. years. 
is that a motivator for you or has that worked the other way? Um, I th- maybe a little bit of both because uh, it's not like you come in with that confidence that oh yeah, I've won it before because I haven't I've nearly done it but I haven't so it's more like a I would I would like to in a dream maybe more more that and something I would I'm reaching for and, and I think every single one of us tries to get the best we can on the day so has there been a time in the past few years where you've thought this is it you know I'm, I'm, I'm done with second and yeah. third I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull the plug on this it was really hard for me after the London Olympics I can't I can't deny that I came home with a fourth and I maybe did expect that I could get on the podium and then not making that was, was really hard for me personally and, and and it took a bit of convincing for my friends and family to get me get me back in the, in the saddle again but now I'm really happy that they did yeah you must be relieved that you decided to <laughs> yeah. take it up again yeah I suppose what a what a stage to do it on as well. Like you, you, as you say, you've been there, but to go, what is it like sitting on top and getting the gold medal? Just, just no, no words can describe the feeling. Like it was almost like I wanted to cry, but I tried to hold it back as much as I could. But uh, it was, I was so happy, stoked. So do you think going forward from here, now that you've done it, now that you've you've actually finally taken out one, it's uh, you know you can take out plenty more. I hope so. I hope that it's going to be that that turn turnaround point that. Maybe in the future I can do something something bigger. How does this set you up going into the world champs? Good for my confidence, that's for sure. But again, in a time trial, you never really know how the lap and the course that we do. And and on the day, it has to go, come together like, like it did today. There's no faults at all. Linda Willemsen. New Zealand's first 1-2 finish of the Games came in the men's cross-country mountain biking with Canterbury's Anton Cooper claiming gold ahead of Tōkoroa silver medalist Sam Gaze. The teenage pair had been in the lead group of four for much of the race, which also included world number four ranked Australian Dan McConnell, who finished third. The duo opened a gap over the last few kilometres with 19-year-old Cooper controlling the race and holding on for the win, beating 18-year-old New Zealand national champion Gaze into silver. Cooper won the junior world title in 2012 and currently rides for an under-23 pro team on the world circuit. Over the last couple of years, he's suffered from injuries and sickness that have hindered his push for higher honours. The gold, though, a massive confidence boost for the teenager, heading into September's mountain bike world champs in Norway. Sports reporter Stephen Houston caught up with Cooper in Glasgow, who says his strategy for the race fell perfectly into place. Yeah, exactly the plan. I mean, I felt fresh the whole, the whole way through the race and I uh, had the legs for the, the final kick at the end. I did want to get away, um, as you may have seen on TV, I guess, um, before, the, before the finish line, so I was putting in, in some attacks up those hills, but uh, nothing was quite long enough for me to get away. I did feel really fresh, and um, yeah, just coming into that... That last hill before the finish, I, I tried to catch them off guard and, and done just that. Were you and Sam working together? Um, we worked together on, on the first couple of laps to um, yeah to to try and put the pressure on the other guys, and uh, we we got away and and I guess it worked a bit because Dan had to to work hard the Aussie to uh, catch back up to us, and um, yeah, I guess it worked out the plan. I, I had the freshest legs at the end. That course, it was one that. You, you felt good on, obviously. Yeah, I'd fe- I felt good all week. Um, yeah, I, I was riding a wave of confidence coming in. I just I'd had really good results with my power numbers. I felt confident in, in training. The course um, suited me reasonably well, and everything just came together. 
because the Australian was supposed to be the, the big gun, wasn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, he is. He still is. <laughs> um, I guess it's not his perfect course, and it's not his perfect day. And we're able to take advantage of that. And I knew coming in, he was going to be hard to beat. I think, I mean, he's ranked number four, three or four in the world. And um, yeah, to get one over him is. I haven't had a win over him before. Oh, no, I have, yeah, once. But I mean, he's such a, a dominant force in, in the Commonwealth at the moment. So yeah, to get one over him is pretty special. So were you keeping an eye on him, or did you think, right, we're going to go out and make him chase us? No, I mean. It was more about keeping an eye on him, and he's the type of rider that if he gets a sniff of the win, he often often takes it, and uh, so I knew we kind of had to keep on top of him, and um, we done just that, so it worked out, yeah. Perfect. And when you shot clear there, you, were you expecting to see him come after you? you? You put a bit of space on Yeah, I did. It was um, That was a big confidence boost to see, because I knew at that moment, yeah, I've got more kick and punch, and I've got more left in the legs than these guys. Having said that, I was still bloody nervous setting up that, that last climb, and, but it worked out. You look pretty pretty stoked when you cross the line, though. Oh, you wouldn't believe. I just, I've never been so stoked in a race. It must be a big boost for you, confidence-wise, and just where you go from, from now, maybe make one or two people sit up and take notice? Yeah, for sure. I guess it's um, oh, more for myself, you know. It's a big confidence boost for me. It's not like I've ever, I've ever doubted. Uh, my abilities have just kind of been really frustrated the last last year or so just with setbacks, you know, uh, minor setback and, and, and illness and, and just travel. I just haven't been able to piece it all together, but this one's, uh, yeah, come at the right time, you could say. Anton Cooper speaking to Stephen Hewson. And you're listening to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. The New Zealand lawn bowler Joe Edwards grabbed New Zealand's first and only gold on the Glasgow Green and says she felt an overwhelming sense of relief after the contention surrounding her selection. Edwards beat England's defending champion Natalie Malmore in the final to claim her second Commonwealth gold after winning the Peers in Manchester in 2002. The 44-year-old was controversially selected to compete in the singles in Scotland ahead of 2010 silver medalist Val Smith. Reporter Gail Woods spoke to Edwards in Glasgow after her gold medal winning performance and she concedes she felt pressure to prove she deserved her spot. Yeah, very proud. I suppose a lot of hard work has been put into it, as, as the whole New Zealand team have done, and a um, bit of relief, uh, just all sorts of emotions, but um, I think just overall just a huge amounts of pride. It looked as if you were going to just storm home, and then... I don't know, suddenly it didn't look as if you were going to <laughs> Were you worried at all? Um, look, I was really surprised with the way Natalie started. Um, she's a fantastic player and a, and a fantastic lady too. And, you know, to get off to such a good start, I thought, well, I know, it's, um, you know, she's going to come back. So let's uh, just try and minimise the damage if, if she's getting a couple of three close and, um, and just go in ones, you know, we can work in ones and... And just get to 21, you know. So, so just was, sort of one point at a time? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I, I don't try and look too far ahead. It, I think it bites you on the bum a little bit, you know, looking looking towards 21 before you're, you know, halfway there. So it was, um, you know, just, again, just going through a process of, uh, you know, just, just draw the shot, you know. Dave was saying that one of your key attributes is patience, and I suppose you had to be really patient out there. Yeah, I did. I mean, I got off to such a flyer, and, and then she just started playing really like she does, and um, and it was it was just a patience. Don't don't get too stressed. Um, you have got a buffer, 
so let's just go with it and, and you'll you'll get your opportunity and hopefully you'll be good enough to, to play it. You had about a 12 point buffer at one stage didn't you? Mm-hmm. Was it 12? Yeah it probably was yeah yeah. So wh- why, why do you think she started slow? Was she a bit nervous? Oh, I wouldn't think so I mean she she won it four years ago um you know the rinks the rinks are a little bit tricky here um and it's it, you kind of whoever jumps on quickest can get can get away to a start and, and that's what what happened today but you know I always knew that there was no way that I was going to get to 21 before she showed what she got what she had and and as it proved you know she um she stormed right back into it by playing really really well and and you know just got to 18 and uh, and just went up and I uh, got a good two I, I was drawing for game and fell softly short and uh, you know I thought well okay let's just get on the next end. Dave was saying that there's quite a bit of pressure on you because you were put into the team ahead of Val. Is that right? Yeah. Look, at the at the time, it, it was it was hard. It was hard for both of us. I mean, we've got a friendship of 32 years, and um, you know, Val's a fantastic singles player. She's got all the attributes. Um, you know, she, she's just a fantastic singles player. And I went round to see her straight away when the team got named, and um, and you know, she summed it up perfectly. She said, "I I don't think I deserve to get dropped from the singles." But with your record, you deserve to crack at it. So, unfortunately, two people can't play the singles. And, you know, she's been fantastic. And, you know, she, she's taken her all her experience into the fours. And, and you know, it proved um, it's, you know, worth its weight in gold in the fours. But that must have been great to get that off your shoulders too, like having that and doing so well. It's kind of yeah, proving sure. something, isn't I, it? I suppose if I hadn't have gone well, there would always have been doubts in my mind, you know, Val should have, should I have, and yeah. and all that. But I suppose, yeah, kind of when when you're winning, those those doubts don't come into your mind. So just lucky. Joe Edwards speaking to Gail Woods. Val Smith was also a medalist in Glasgow, winning the bronze as part of the women's four. Meanwhile, world domination has continued for shot putter Valerie Adams, who cruised to her third Commonwealth gold medal in Glasgow. While the winning throw of 19.88 metres was well below her game's record of 20.47 in Delhi four years ago, she was still more than a metre ahead of Trinidad's Cleopatra Borrell, who came second. Adams started with a no throw, but her second attempt confirmed her stranglehold on gold, and no one else would come close. The win by the four-times world champion was this country's 600th Commonwealth gold... The win by the four times world cha- the win by the four times world champion was this country's 600th Commonwealth Games medal. Checkpoints Mary Wilson spoke to Adams after her win and told her that her gold medal puts her alongside fellow New Zealand shot putter Valerie Young, the only other woman to have scored gold at three consecutive games in 1958, 1962, and 1966. Oh, fantastic! I don't know that too, but yeah, definitely, it's uh, it's been an amazing meet for me. It's um, it's it's. Really happy to be here at the Commonwealth Games and be able to put on that silver fern. Um, you know, I, we don't get much opportunity to do it in the year, but to be able to do it tonight and come home with the gold and, and the win is definitely a privilege and an honour. You were hoping to break your Delhi record. Is it hard yeah. to put pressure on yourself to do that when there's no real pressure coming from the competition? Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but, you know, the, obviously the first and foremost goal is to win. And, yes, I would have liked to throw more and hopefully have, have a crack at the daily record, but it is what it is. You know, I've got to take the win and um, be happy with it. Is it a question of pressure, though? You need somebody at your heels a bit to make you throw further? Uh, well, it does make a difference if someone is pushing you and, um, you know, and, and giving you a bit of competition. But, you know, I mean, that's, that, that part of the competition I cannot control. I've just got to deal with what, what I've got. And today, you know, the next best throw was a metre 30 down. So 
it's another gold medal for New Zealand, so we got to celebrate. And the nose throw at the start, what goes on there? What what happens with that? Oh, I just stepped over. It was one of those things, you know, I, I, I just looked at it and I just stepped over the line. Hey, lovey. Regroup and come back out on the second throw. 54 wins unbeaten since August 2010. Yeah. Yes, 54 competitions, consecutive one. I aim to continue to do it for as long as possible and we'll see what happens. Valerie Adams speaking to Checkpoint's Mary Wilson. New Zealand's brightest hope in the pool, Lauren Boyle, has finished the Commonwealth Games with a gold and silver medal, saving the swimming team's blushes in the pool after winning the 400-metre freestyle. Boyle took out the race in a game's record time of 4 minutes 4.47 seconds. Boyle only managed a silver in her favoured 800-metre freestyle after being pipped by the Welsh swimmer Jazz Carlin. Carlin finished second in the 400-metre freestyle, and Boyle told the media in Glasgow she was really happy, though a bit surprised, with her gold medal performance. The last half of the race was pretty hard, but I really enjoyed it. It was great coming home strong and yeah, seeing all the New Zealanders in the crowd. When did you know you had it in the bag? Probably halfway down the last lap. That late on? Well, I knew I was doing well halfway through, but you never really know what the others have, so <laughs> yeah. And how about your, you were worried yesterday about your, how you might recover from your race last night coming into today how was that that transition the recovery for me was quite good I haven't done that a double like that in a few years so I wasn't really sure what to expect but I think I prepared myself quite well mentally and physically so yeah really happy with how it came off how do you prepare for that to to transition Is is it a real big change of mindset I guess so I think after eight and a half minutes of full ball effort you do get pretty sore like you get the sore muscles and things like that that you can feel the next day so to kind of just ignore that and do what you can with what you have is a different way of thinking about it. Lauren you've had a couple of hours now I suppose to reflect you've got a silver and a gold you happy with the Com Games campaign? I'm so happy with it yeah I really wanted to get a gold medal but after last night I thought my best shot was over so to get it tonight I'm really stoked. Was that a surprise to actually come away with gold tonight? I guess a little bit for me because I've just been, I didn't really know what to expect this year. I think I was one of the fastest going in, but that was from my time from a year ago and I haven't raced that fast for a while, so I guess I wasn't exactly sure. But no one ever is and I guess that's why we do sports, so <laughs> that makes it exciting. So going forward, I think you guys have got the Pan Pacific. That's still pretty big for you guys, isn't it? I mean, this is almost a stepping stone as well to that. Yeah, Pan Pax is a really competitive swim meet, so... We'll all be looking to try and perform at least as well as we did here. And uh, I hear there's no rest for you. What's the story? No celebration tonight? Yeah, so um, we have practice in the morning at 6.15. We are getting ready for the pan pack, so it's important that we stay focused. (laughs) No rest at all. (laughs) And what was the feeling hearing that anthem, having the medal hung around your neck tonight? What What was that feeling? Can you describe it? Uh, I was just so proud. It was so nice to hear the New Zealand anthem. We've heard the Australian one a lot in the pool, so yeah, it was fantastic. Lauren Boyle. The para swimmer Sophie Pascoe was the first New Zealander to snare a gold medal in the pool, eventually winning double gold, finishing her campaign with a win in the 200-metre individual medley. It was the first Commonwealth Games for Pascoe, and she told our reporter Tim Graham it's an incredible feeling to win, especially after battling a few health problems earlier in the week. It's been a bit of a hard week, but I'm glad that it's finished. It was almost like a sign of relief when I had finished at the touch the wall. And look, I mean, I'm happy with the time. I've come out with what I wanted and what I've gained uh, from this whole experience being here. My first Commonwealth Games has been awesome. How significant is it for you to walk away from this meet with two golds? 
obviously it's an incredible feeling and a huge feeling of um, New Zealand pride comes into that and you know not only race for myself but I race for our country and to come away with two medals and our swimming team all together three golds it's pretty special. It is and what about the end of that race we were all in the tribunes trying to work out whether those were um, tears of joy, tears of pain, tears of emotion. What was going on at the end of that race? Uh, a bit of a tears of everything obviously. I've had a few things going on this week so I think all that at the end of the day it comes down to a relief of being finished and it's not over for me yet. I do have pan packs in a week's time so I am obviously getting myself better in the next couple of days and resting up and heading on there and racing 110%. What does that actually involve now, changing gear from Commonwealth Games to Ampex? Oh, well, this is actually a first for me. This is a new challenge, which is really exciting as well. Um, not only have I overcome a few challenges this week, uh, this one's been the biggest one, uh, being such a long campaign. You know, I've, I've been in altitude training leading up into Commonwealth Games, and I've been away for nearly a month and a half now, and then I'll be moving into LA, into Pampax with the rest of the Paralympics team, and, you know, I'm away for two months. So I've never tried this before. I've never had a competition straight after another, so it'll be an exciting time. What about the pressure that was on you coming into this? Because I guess you've done you've done so much to raise the profile of Paris swimming in New Zealand. Did you feel what sort of pressure did you feel coming into the Com Games? Look, I mean, there's always there's always pressure from um, everybody, and uh, that's what happens when you become the top in your sport and you become the hunted rather than the person that comes you know wins out of the blue. So it's harder to stay on top than what it is uh, to come out and do it once. And yeah, there are those pressures, but my biggest pressure is myself. Sophie Pascoe speaking to Tim Graham in Glasgow. And you're listening to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. Auckland's Richie Patterson won New Zealand's first and only weightlifting gold at the Commonwealth Games in dramatic fashion, with all hope of a medal coming down to his final lift. Patterson lifted 151 kilograms in the snatch and needed at least 183 in the clean and jerk to win gold. He opted for 184 kilograms but failed in his first two attempts before getting three white lights on his final lift. He spoke to media in Glasgow after the event and concedes he certainly made it difficult for himself. It was pretty nerve-wracking. Uh, I made it pretty hard on myself, but um, I knew that I could come down on top of the best lift, and that's the plan was to open heavy or go home, and that's what happened. I opened heavy and managed to take it take it out on my last lift. Can you talk us through that last lift as well? Well, the first lift went out, and it wasn't heavy at all, and then just a little bit of rush of blood to the head, and I rushed the jerk. And then the second one, I thought I had it, and then I had to sit down at the back and try to calm myself down a little bit, and... And I've done it many times in training, just to go out and calm it down a little bit and put it out. But it was a nice feeling, getting my feet back together with the weight above my head. That's where the uh, mental side of things comes into play a bit. Yeah, we, we talked about that a bit beforehand. It's all 100% upstairs on the weightlifting platform. It doesn't matter how strong you are, you just got to contain it. And you won that battle tonight? I won that battle, just. <laughs> that gold as well, was it pretty special up there on the podium? Yeah, it's, it's something that as a young weightlifter I dreamt of for a long time. It's um, New Zealand has a, such a proud history of Commonwealth champions and um, it goes back to one of my strong supporters back in New Zealand, Tony Ebert. It's exactly 40 years on from when he won his gold in Christchurch and I was exceptionally, that's the first thing I thought about, is, um, joining that group of elite weightlifters. Richie, you're pretty experienced now. Do you think that helped you when it really came to the crunch and it was all down to one? Yeah. Like, I, I think I won this competition last year. The guys that I was up against, I'd competed against, and, and I did a really good competition last year, so they started fighting for bronze and silver, and then 
they kind of left me to come down on top of them. So it was a little bit of experience of how to how to run a competition. And you've kept up another great day for New Zealand, mate. We've picked up another seven. The team's really on fire. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. There's such a buzz in the athlete village, and um, the team is, is so good being part of success. And I think it's going to keep rolling on for the next week. Do you think it's helped you? I mean, seeing you know the first four days, you know, we've laid on. I think we were 21 medals at the start of it. Does that help inspire you? You know, when you're still building up for your event to see fellow Kiwis knocking yeah, the world over. Yeah, the cyclists uh, watching those boys come in. Like I'm, I'm good mates with them, and them coming in with their gold medals. I was just like, I'm not coming back with uh, anything else except what you guys got around your neck. Pretty awesome day for you then. Uh, it's probably surreal at the moment. I, I'm, I'm just still getting over it and then um, it'll probably kick in tomorrow that I've actually finally got this Commonwealth Championship. How does this rank for you in terms of everything you've you've achieved? This is, yeah, it's, it's the pinnacle really for, for me and my sport. This is all I've thought about for so long so it's um, fantastic. And just really quickly, a couple of words on what's next for you. Um, I'm still, the next couple of days I'm taking charge with me and Adam helping try to get Stars onto the podium as well, a 105 kilo lifter. And then next week, I go off to Nanjing, China. I've got one of my athletes that I coach competing at the Youth Olympics, so I'm pretty busy. Gold medal winner Richie Patterson. With all the Glasgow Games action, you could be forgiven for forgetting there's a rather big match on this weekend involving New Zealand's national sport. The Crusaders are chasing a record eighth Super Rugby title after reaching their first final since the 2011 loss to the Reds in Brisbane. The Crusaders qualified for their 11th straight playoff appearance after finishing second in round-robin play before brushing aside the Sharks to reach Saturday night's final where they'll take on the Waratahs in Sydney. Coach Todd Blackadder took over Super Rugby's most successful team in 2009, but has yet to yield any silverware from his near six-year reign. He told the media the Crusaders entered this year's playoffs in better shape physically and mentally than they have any of their previous finals campaigns under his leadership, and he's confident his men can lift him to his first title as head coach. Really excited about it. It's um, certainly a great opportunity, and I feel like we're in a really good place to do something, and so really exciting for us. They're excited as well. I mean, two teams that are excited. It's a grand final big stadium to be a massive crowd. How do you prepare the guys for that and keep a lid on it? Oh, I don't think it's hard to prepare for it. I think if anything with the guys, the level of excitement is something that we talked about at the start of the week is not trying to play the game on Monday or Tuesday or, or today or tomorrow. You know, it's, it's all about the same preparation. Um, very much what we've been doing all year and making sure we nail that and get really excited about what we need to do on Saturday because it, it is about who performs the best on Saturday. No, I had a, well, I feel really good. Actually, at the start of the week, I felt really confident in the squad that we had, and you know, if we got the results, and you know, we built on some good learnings last year, and we, we rotated our squad, got we're fit and healthy, we'd be in a really good position. So, I feel that we're in a really good position. Awesome. And I guess, what's it like being in a super, super final coach's box? I mean, you've been here in 2011. What are your thoughts for this weekend? Yeah, I can only really draw on one experience, to be honest, and that was in 2011. And I think, if anything, in that game, we're, we're far too emotional you know we'd split the earthquake and we're trying to do it for our people and it was a really tough game we just needed to win it but um, I think we're better prepared this time I think in the last couple of even semi-finals and finals we sort of limped into them with quite a few injuries and it felt like it'd been a long season whereas this year feels totally different we've got a really fresh squad I think as a coaching staff we're invigorated we're energized we're looking forward to this ourselves um, I think we've got a team that can go all the way too so there's a lot of belief there from all of us 
So I guess between four coaches, you've got 12 super titles between you, hoping for a 13. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a really good challenge for our team. I know that some guys have won um, quite a few titles in this team, um, quite a few haven't. I think they all would like to experience um, winning a title and there's a few guys in the team that have never won away so there's another challenge for them. Toddy, what would it mean to win as a player and as a coach if you were to win this weekend? Uh, I haven't really talked too much, thought about that for myself. I just really want you know, to win this for the organisation to the unconditional support that we have out there you know, from not just here in Canterbury, for all the regions. That means more to me than myself. Um, and too, for all the players, I've put a hell of a lot of work into this campaign and worked bloody hard and this team's been through a lot at all. It hasn't been plain sailing at all, um, but we're in a good position now to do something. So we've got, you know, we've got a couple of training runs in 80 minutes and if we nail that, then perhaps we'll contemplate all that next week. What's the sort of feeling in the camp today? Is it more excitement or more nerves? Or? I think there's a little bit of everything. There's real excitement, there'll be a little bit of anxiety, a few nerves, but I, I think ultimately belief. You know, we've got ourselves in a position where we believe in what we're doing. Um, we've put it to the test. We've been under a lot of pressure, and now it's about you know, just dealing with those moments. Because you know, from here on in, that 80 minutes will be about who can handle the pressure the most. What do you expect the Waratahs to bring us that night? The same game that they've been playing all year. You know, I, I don't think that they'll deviate from the, their plan uh, because it's been working for them. Todd Blackadder. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only extra time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend that I don't, right? (laughs) Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.